0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Embrace with Grace podcast. Um, If you've been listening to my other episodes, then you know, especially if you listen to episode one, Kellen was such a sweetheart and literally walked around the house and helped me find the quietest, least echoey place to podcast, which was in our closet because there's clothes everywhere. and It's not a huge closet, but it was big enough to put two little chairs and kind of a little um, side table with my little setup, but I am literally almost nine months pregnant, and I don't fit in the closet anymore. You guys, I don't fit in the closet anymore. (laughs) I obviously can go in and get my clothes and everything, but those chairs... It's My belly has just gotten in the way now to where I can't sit comfortably in a lot of places. So that being said, I am actually podcasting today from our living room. If I look out the window, we have about two feet of snow out there because there was a crazy storm that came in the last 48 hours, and it really just stopped snowing. I mean a couple hours ago. So it's been snowing hardcore. This is hardcore for me. If you're from a very cold climate and a snowy climate, then you're probably laughing at me. But I'm new to this. I was born and raised in Southern California. So I'm like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. But um, anyways, I say all that to say that if you hear people shoveling their sidewalks, if you hear sirens, if you hear honking horns, cars, whatever the sound may be, um, you might hear Coda bark or run around, but that's because I'm in my living room and um, we're just rolling with it, you know, because I don't have this beautiful podcasting studio. I have my home. So you guys are sitting in my living room with me. I have our faux fireplace on and it's nice and cozy and toasty warm. And um, yeah, so that's that. Anyways, let's jump into today's podcast. So... I titled this one Single and Satisfied, and I don't know about you if you're single out there or if you even aren't single, if you're married now or in a relationship. Satisfied is not the word that I would have chosen or used in my single years. I was single majority of my life. Um, I didn't have boyfriends when I was in, you know. Second grade, third grade, I was also homeschooled until high school, so that probably helps. Um, I had a couple crushes here and there. Nothing serious. Um, it always seemed like the guys that I had a crush on never liked me back. They liked my friends. Um, so I can looking back, I felt so rejected in the moment and my feelings were so hurt. But I can see how God was protecting me, um, because I don't know what I would have done had they liked me back. So that was a good thing, I think, in hindsight. Um, My first boyfriend was when I was 18. Um, I didn't date anyone before that. And that wasn't the best relationship. There was a um, a lot of stuff that happened in that relationship that really stripped me of my worth, my value. I mean... From comments about my physical appearance, um, which looking back, I'm like, dude, I was 18. I looked so great. Um, But comments about my physical appearance, um, about my intelligence, I was just made to feel very stupid and um, I guess just not good enough. And I can see now in hindsight that that was more a reflection of their insecurity, not my actual value. But, you know, when you're in a relationship, especially if it's your first one or if it's an important one you do the relationships that matter to you. You tend to look, you tend to really view yourself through that lens. Well, this person says they love me and they're treating me like this, or they think that I'm this way or that way. That must be true because on my end, I was like, well, I would never tell someone I love something that wasn't accurate. So they must be telling the truth when they're saying all these things. And my self-esteem just went so far down the toilet. And it was such a bummer. And that relationship was 18. And honestly, guys, it took me 10 years till I was 28. I met Kellum when I was almost 29. And some of you might be much younger. Some of you might be older. And some of you might be my age exactly. But I always thought I was going to meet my husband or at least a person I was going to spend my life with earlier than that, far earlier than that. And my parents got married when they were 24 and they never projected anything on me. But I think just seeing like, oh, they got married and had kids and this was how their life was. Mine will go somewhat similarly. And then 24 came and went and I was like, I don't feel ready to be married. And I also was just, I had so much that. I guess, I don't want to say baggage because I don't necessarily like that word, but it kind of was baggage. I had so much that I was carrying around from that initial relationship that led me to make poor decisions in other dating relationships after that, that really, really messed with my self-worth, with my identity, with my value just as a human being and as a woman. And it took 10 years of kind of I guess pain. I feel like I could have gotten past it sooner, but I just didn't know how. And I think instead of running to God, I kind of ran a- away from God because it just, everything hurts so much. And I was like, I just don't want to hurt anymore. And in my mind, I was like, if I run to God with this, he's going to want to point out all these things. And I'm going to have to face really uncomfortable situations. And you know there was just it was so multifaceted that I decided I don't I don't want to go to God because I'm not ready to feel yet. So then in turn I got really hard-hearted and then that led to not making other good decisions and finding myself in and I didn't date very much but finding myself in a relationship or two after that where it really was more just cool like you're really nice and we'll just text a little and then it's like how did I get to this point? Have you guys ever been in a relationship where you're like or anything, maybe even a job where you're like, this was supposed to be temporary, or like, I was never supposed to be here to begin with. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself a year down the road, or five years down the road, or seven years. Down, you're so invested in something that you never really wanted to be invested in. But now it feels like you've, it has so much of yourself that you can't just walk away. Like, it just, it gets messy, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I had a decade of messiness. And I finally got to the point where I was like, Lord, I wanna like, When I look at my life, because someone really pointed out something great to me, which was don't look at kind of the things like even New Year's resolutions. Don't look at what you want to do more or less of. Who do you want to be at the end of your life? Like what does that woman or man look like? And I remember I sat down and, you know, got really detailed. And a lot of the things that I wanted to be where I wanted to be like a woman of faith. I really admired women that I would see and even men, but women, cause I could relate more who were full of grace and just had a soft tongue. And I don't mean we're weak by any means, but I'm just more of a quiet person. So as much as I love the fire, you know, the firecrackers and like the powerhouses like Christine Kane and Joyce Meyer, I don't necessarily think that I am that powerhouse. I think God gave me different giftings. And so I really admired and looked up to women who just had such a grace about them and um, were strong, but didn't need to, um, were strong and assertive when necessary, but their strength lied almost in their silence, if that makes sense. Because I felt like I could relate more to that. And I said, okay, I want to be a woman like this. I want my faith to be so strong. I want to just exude grace. I want to have just like, I just want to be this soft but strong person. And I don't know if that makes sense. It's hard for me to to describe, but I literally sat down and was like, who do I want to be at the end of my life? And one of the things is I really wanted to be a wife and a mom. That was the legacy that I wanted to leave ever since I was little. It's not like it came into the picture later. Ever since I was little, I've always wanted to be a wife and a mom and i really wanted to have a godly marriage i wanted a god centered marriage where we would pray for each other and encourage each other and have godly relationships and you know i just i wanted all these things and i really had to get to a point and it was again honestly when i was 27 28 but especially 28 where i really sat down with god and i was like lord I am so not satisfied being single. I don't want to be single anymore. I want to meet my husband. I'm coming up on 30. I know that that's not old, but it's older than I thought I would be. And one thing I did always say was I'd rather be married happily from like 40 to 80 than get married at 23 and do the life that, quote, I'm supposed to do or that I saw other people do, but then be divorced by like 30 or 33. And then – and there's no shame. I'm not – I'm not – um knocking anyone who has ever walked through that. I think divorce is the most, honestly, one of the most painful things because i I think people look at death like the death of a loved one as one of the most painful things. And I agree with that, but I almost would argue that divorce is worse because you're it's the death of a relationship that will never be the same again. And so basically all that being said, I remember that's how, that's one thing that kind of helped me in my single years was, you know what though? It's going to be worth the wait. The longer I wait, the more it will be worth it. The more I will appreciate it. And I just remember sitting and getting just really honest with God about just my singleness. And I remember him asking me a few questions and I just thought that I would share that experience and ask them maybe to you if you're single, or maybe this will help you reflect on when you were single so that, um, you can just have an extra dose of gratitude for the relationship and the marriage that you're in now. But I remember telling God, I just wasn't satisfied. And he asked me, well, what is satisfaction to you? And I was like, huh? Well, being married, but he kind of walked me through it more where I just want to encourage you, if you are single, to get really specific. What would satisfy your soul in a relationship? Why are you unsatisfied being single? And I kind of got the picture of if you're like walking around saying, oh, I'm starving. Well, that leaves – that's a lot of gray area for someone to come in with any genre, any kind of food. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're just like, I'm so hungry. I just want to eat. I'm just hungry for a meal. Well, if you're not specific about what kind of meal you want to eat, you could get a whole range of things. Someone could come up to you with like a chocolate cake, which might taste good, but there's no nutrients. There's no longevity. The next morning, you're going to be starving again. Someone could come up to you and give you a meal delivery plan, you know, where, hey, this is good for six months. Um, But I just really think that there's power in being specific. And so I had to get really specific and be like, okay, well, what is satisfaction to me? Like, what is satisfying? What's unsatisfying about being single? Well, I hate being alone. Well, why do you hate being alone? You know, and I had to really deep dive into all these areas. But when I really got down to it, I was like, I think satisfaction in a marriage to me would be these things. And I wrote down things that were important to me that I wanted in a marriage. And I think that that was very helpful because then it, when you get really specific about what you want, what you don't want gets really, really blatantly in your face. If you're not so, again, if you're just walking around being like, oh, I'm hungry. Well, anyone that has anything to offer you that you can like consume and put in your mouth, you're going to go for it. But if you're like, ooh, this is, construct your perfect meal is what I'm trying to say out of life. So, if you want something, you know, if I got really honest, well, it's like, okay, well, what do you want to eat? Well, I would like, I'm in the mood for pasta today. So, then anything that comes along that's not pasta is easier for me to turn down because I'm like, nope, I know what I'm looking for. I know what I'm looking for. I hope this makes sense because I realize that this is kind of a funny analogy, but I hope this makes sense. Um, the second question that he asked me that just, oh my gosh, I felt like I got knocked out. And not in a bad way, but it was just like, Oh, like a punch to the gut was, Brittany, do you believe you're enough on your own? And I was like, whoa. And I told you guys, you know, at the beginning of this, that that first relationship really set a catalyst for me to not feel like I was very valuable or very worthy of love or worthy of a certain type of man or marriage or relationship or whatever it was. So for God to ask me, do you believe you're enough on your own? I had to get really honest and I was like, shoot, no. I do think there's a part of my identity and probably a big part wrapped up in looking for a husband and looking for someone else to validate and place value on my life. I was looking for someone else to make me feel worthy of love and whatever else. Now, when you get married, does that person do all those things for you? They do inevitably. Like when Kellen committed to me for the rest of his life and the rest of my life, of course that makes me feel wonderful. That makes me feel so valued and so um, loved and so protected. But the thing is, the difference was my heart posture prior to just getting alone with God and in my singleness and in my loneliness and really dealing with these things. Had I not done that when I met Kellen... He would have had such a heavy job that was never his responsibility to have because I'd be looking to him for, hey, tell me who I am. Tell me I'm valuable. Tell me I'm worthy of love. Remind me, remind me, remind me. Because the thing is when it's when your source isn't coming from God that is completely unlimited and it's coming from man. Well, as I mean, even myself, men and women, we're not meant to complete each other like that. We're just meant to complement each other, and I just know from experience that it would have been, and we've got, we've, and Kel and I have slipped into these things, and then we've recalibrated, but when you are looking to someone else to be your identity, be your worth, complete you, all of that. They're going to fail you and that blow hurts so much because the thing is, initially, we can usually, we're pretty good about being there for one another, but then that one time that they slip up or that one time, all of a sudden, it is so, all of a sudden, it is so much more devastating than it should have been because you're getting it from the wrong place but if you're already full and you already know your identity you know your worth you don't need that person to complete you but you choose to love them they choose to you to to love you and you just compliment each other well when they fall short you will look at them with so much grace it's not, it's not an excuse for bad behavior but you'll look at them with so much grace and be like that's okay god is my source I'm not looking to you. Basically, when they fail, it doesn't um, it doesn't paralyze you. And Kellen read this quote to me the other day, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so good. I have to write it down. But it's by a doctor, um, Dr. Wayne Dyer, and it says, you can't be lonely if you like the person you're alone with. And initially, I was thinking others because I think often we're like, you know, we think of other people. But it says, you can't be lonely if you like the person you're alone with. And to be perfectly honest, there was a long time that I didn't like who I was. So the the times when I was lonely was when I was by myself because I didn't like who I was alone with, a.k.a. me. And I really, instead of running away from that and finding distractions and, you know, whether it was, I mean, this was like beginning of social media, but whether it was entertaining myself with like TV or friends or dating someone or not even dating someone, but just like texting someone. In those moments of loneliness, I really was like, I gotta, I gotta go into the loneliness. I can't, I can't hide from it anymore. If I don't like who I am, when it's just me and me, how can I? put that on, so, like, why would I think someone else would want to be alone with just me? You know, I've, I saw a comment that's, or a, a quote or something, a phrase that's like, if you don't want to date yourself, why would anyone else? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, that's kind of harsh, but it's kind of true. You should be confident in what you bring to the table, you know? And um, I just think that there's definitely a difference between desiring something, having a dream, but then also putting all your eggs in that basket that when that dream becomes a reality. It's magically going going to change your life, change who you are and make you love yourself more. If you think that you're going to be happier with yourself in a relationship or that you find your value in a relationship because someone else is, I just think that that is inevitably going to really break your heart, break the other person's heart because it's just not sustainable. Um, The third thing that he asked me was, Okay, Britt, I hear you. Like, you aren't satisfied in your singleness and you want to be married, but are you willing to sacrifice what you want now for what you want ultimately? Meaning, someone might approach you and want to start up a relationship or want to text or want to do this. They might even be on the same page as you. They might even be like, oh, I don't want to date anyone. Like, I don't even want anything romantic. Like, let's just be friends. But you know in your heart, you're like, this is still like more than a friendship would be. But you're like, yeah, it's no big deal. And I think that I just remember someone, I can't remember who it was, but I remember talking to someone one time and they were kind of, we, I forget what the whole, how the conversation came up, but basically they weren't even dating the guy, but there was like a guy friend who was totally on the same page and we're just friends and we're just this and that. But from the outside, it kind, you couldn't really tell. I guess that's what I'm saying. The boundaries were quite blurred that you couldn't tell that they were just friends. And I remember thinking, wow, the type of man that I want to ultimately be my husband, I want like a man of God. I want a man of good character. I want someone who's, who's strong and loyal and trustworthy. And I realized, wow, if a man of good character saw a woman and a man out together, that you couldn't really tell what the deal was. A man of good character is not going to try to break up a relationship. A man of character isn't going to come in and fight for you and steal you from someone else. Now, he – I mean, again, a good man will fight for you. Don't get me wrong. But I just had this revelation that God was kind of just impressing on me. Like, Brit, if you're entertaining other guys, even if you're not like – dating them seriously or even kissing or anything, if you're doing things that look like dating, a man of good character is is going to respect that. He's going to respect you and he's going to respect the other man and he's not going to try to break up a relationship. Similarly, if I were to see a guy and a girl, I'm not going to go in and try to steal him, if that's, you know, for lack of a better term. For me, I want my husband To be doing what I'm doing, which is waiting on him, whoever him is. If I know that someone isn't the person that I'm supposed to be with, well, dang, I really shouldn't be entertaining other people because what if I am and that man that God has for me or a good candidate comes in and I miss it because my attention is so focused on something that isn't even what God ultimately has for me. So when he said, are you willing to sacrifice what you want now, which was companionship, which was, you know, because of course, and again, this is the hard thing. And this is why I wish that the church would be a little bit more open about it and a little bit more accepting and just talk about it more. We were created for relationship. We were created for companionship. Marriage is a picture of Christ and the church. So if we are following Christ Why would we not want to emulate Christ in the church? Why would we not want to be married? So if you fall into a relationship with the wrong person or someone who's not a Christian or doesn't believe the same or doesn't have your same values or whatever, I really think there needs to be more grace for that. I do think that I firmly believe that you'll never be satisfied in that relationship something's going to have to give. You can't be pursuing God and pursuing a person or and yoked to a person who is going a completely different direction. Like some somewhere along the line, one of those relationships is going to get the best of you and the other one is going to get the rest of you. So I don't think that just personally you can be happy doing both or f- 100% fulfilled or satisfied doing both. But that being said, It's just, dating is just so hard and it's normal and human behavior and human need to want to be with someone and have a companion. So I just want to say like, there's no shame in that and I don't fault that at all. But sometimes it hurts in that season to choose what you ultimately want over what you want now because someone might come up, you might be super, like I said, you might be so lonely or so in a state of like, I'm so bored. I'm so over being alone i've been there i get it trust me and when things would come up that were so tempting even just like hey Britt, you want to go get coffee or really cute guy who checks a lot of the boxes except for the important one or you just know when your gut isn't right but they're right there in front of you sometimes it hurts to say uh nope, I can't do that now because what I want ultimately doesn't look like this. But I just want to encourage you that you can do it. It does take practice. Well, it took practice for me, I should say. But kind of the second thing with that is if you've ever voiced, like the enemy cannot get into your brain and inform your, I mean, he can try to put thoughts in your brain, but he can't read your mind is what I'm trying to say. But if you've ever voiced anything God is not the only one who now knows what you want. The enemy knows too. And that was one thing that I had to really realize was, oh, okay. Not every person that pops up, like if you pray, Lord, send me a husband. And then the next guy that pops into your life, you're like, it must be God. Take a second. Ask God if that is the person for you, which is kind that leads me to my next question that God asked me, which is, are you viewing anyone and everyone as a candidate before checking in with me? And even when I decided, oh, I want to date a Christian guy who has my beliefs, like shares my beliefs, understands them, who will push me towards the direction that I want to go in, doesn't make anyone else bad or wrong. I just, for my life, I was like, God, I really want someone who's going to encourage me and push me in that direction. And he was like, well, are you checking with me or not? And it was true where I'd be like, Lord, this is what I really need. And then what I thought I needed popped up. So it's like, God, I'm looking for a husband. And then at church even, right? what what? He's a Christian, like it's it must be God. Are you checking in with God before you pursue something? Because the enemy also knows your desires if you've ever voiced them, he also knows what you want. And so he will send his own candidates to distract you, to trip you up, they'll look like the right thing. And then all of a sudden you'll be like, wait, why is this feeling off? I thought this was so right. And my question to you, because God asked me this, was like, "Well, did you even ask me? Or did you just assume that that was me? And I just want to encourage all you girls out there who maybe are still single or unmarried, you are a prize. And in Proverbs 18, it says, a man who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And that verse ultimately tells me that he should have to find you. He should be seeking something. He should be seeking God. He should be seeking to the point where when he finds you, he recognizes, look what I found. Because I think so often as women, it's like, it's a competitive, it's competitive out there. And then with social media and everything else, it's like, oh, I need to put myself out on display, almost like you're for sale, which I know sounds terrible. So please forgive me. But it's almost kind of like that. It's like, oh, I need to be visible. I need to be in a window display. So as a guy's walking by, I am in his eyeline, Um, you know, I don't want to miss this opportunity. I need to be present. I need to be there. But my whole thing is like, how hard did he have to look to find you? Because it does say that a man who finds a wife and if you're, if you need to find something, that means you're looking for it. And I think too often things just, we fall in each other's lap, so to speak in relationships. And it's like, were you really looking? And even for you, were you really looking for that person or did it just kind of happen? And I'm not saying that it can't, happen effortlessly or out of nowhere cuz Kellen and I met when he was in Australia, I was in California. But what I mean by that is that we were both seeking God and he ultimately made the introduction and we found each other while we were looking. But we weren't trying, you know, I I had stopped. I said, "Lord, I'm going to stop looking because that's what he told me to do personally. Kellen had stopped. He had stopped looking cuz that's what God told him to do. And then I mean, God introduced us when we were continents and oceans apart, which is just beyond me. Um, the Another thing that was really interesting that I really feel like God kind of asked me was more just along those same lines, but it was, are you open to what I have for you? Because I think so often we have an idea of what we think we want, and we're like, God, this is what I want. This is what I need whether it's a type or looks or a job or a stature or whatever it is. And my, and God was just like, well, are you open to what I have for you? Because you kind of have to put your desires on the altar because, and are you open if what I have for you looks different than what you want for yourself? And for a minute I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm open to that, but it just highlighted like, oh, if, I'm not willing to do that. That means I don't trust you. So I'm asking you to bring my husband while simultaneously telling you, I don't trust you to bring my husband. So I really had to lay that on the altar. And then the last thing was, you know, even when I got to a place where I'm like, okay, God, it's me and you. I don't need a husband. I don't need this. He was like, well, are you being real and honest with yourself about how you feel single? Because I think sometimes it's like. You know, we as single people, if we're Christians or grew up in the Christian world, it's like, oh, I'm dating Jesus. Nothing wrong with that. But I think it's okay. God already knows our heart. He knows how we feel. Do you know how many times and how many nights I laid in bed where the night before I was so great and then I got in bed and I just sobbed and was like, I'm just not happy. I'm not satisfied. I have this desire that is burning a hole in my heart, God. Please satisfy this desire. But... And I would just turn the what if into an even if and it's like, but even if you didn't give me a husband, I will still serve you. you know like what if he doesn't give you a husband? Well even if he doesn't, where will you stand? Um, and that really really helps. it helps the it helps the the angst of the singleness. So anyways, I hope that this blessed some of you, one of you. Um, I love you guys so much and I will see you next time. And if you're single, I'm praying that you get the desires of your heart and God's perfect timing with the right person. I love you guys.